0: this is Tara Thompson. I am a pharmacist here with the Mix It Up podcast, and in celebration of American Pharmacist Month, we are talking today with pharmacist Jeannie Kim. Each year in October, we take the entire month to recognize pharmacists' contributions to healthcare and share the positive impact of their work on the front lines in our communities. In a previous episode, we spoke with pharmacy student Savannah Cunningham about being named Future Pharmacist 2020 by the Pharmacy Times. She shared her advice for students who are studying to enter the profession. In this episode, we're going to continue that discussion by talking about what life looks like after the pharmacy degree. So, while studying at the University of Georgia College of Pharmacy, Jeannie completed a five-week rotation at Innovation Compounding, where she discovered her passion for sterile compounded medications and compounding in general. Upon graduation in 2009, just last year, She joined the pharmacy full-time and has since been instrumental in providing evidence-based, compassionate care to patients. So today we want to give pharmacy students, pharmacists, and those listeners out there a real-world look into what it's like to go from school to career and talk today with Jeannie about her transition. So Jeannie, hello. How are you?
1: Good. How are you doing today?
0: Good, good. So tell us a little bit about yourself and your path to pharmacy. How How did you get here? Tell us about your life.
1: So I actually started with a GED and I immediately went into the working world to try and find out exactly what I wanted to do in life and after doing that for about five years I came back to move with my family and had a mentor that um, suggested pharmacy to me so at that point I got a job in a retail pharmacy as a technician to see if pharmacy would be a right fit for me and it, it was so I did apply to pharmacy school and got in um doing that I was actually really undecided for most of pharmacy school and really um used my rotations during my fourth year to kind of delve into the world of pharmacy and what it has to offer. So I um, did various hospital rotations, retail rotations, and I ended up with the compounding rotation at the end, which I did have an original interest in. And I actually found myself feeling excited to come to work each day and making that long trek. And I actually felt motivated to help our patients who might not necessarily be able to get that help in a regular retail setting. Um, So that's kind of how I found my fit for me in compounding.
0: That's awesome. I know that like when people are trying to figure out what they're going to do with their life, sometimes it helps in pharmacy to, like you said, become a technician first. Mm-hmm. I know that's what I did too. So come, become a technician first and kind of see like, is this what I like? And a lot of people at that stage, they're like, this isn't for me. Like, I don't think I can do this. And so I think it's good to go ahead and try to like find your place in pharmacy, see if it's right for you before going into pharmacy school. Because um, it is a different profession, it's very high paced, it can be stressful, things like that. So I think that that's really important. Um, so before you were a PharmD, a pharmacist, um, tell us about what students in pharmacy school, what the rotation process looks like. Because I know you went from having a rotation at innovation as a pharmacy student and then later becoming a pharmacist here. but. What does that look like when you're a pharmacy student and going through those that fourth year i guess
1: um so actually experiences start in your first year you'll do a community and then um, your second year you'll do a hospital so you kind of get the introduction to that before your fourth year and then once you get into your fourth year it's all experience programs so you'll go to various five-week rotations throughout your fourth year and really um, they give you the opportunity to choose your rotations, and if there's a spot available, they'll place you there. So, I would really suggest you take that time to um, look into areas of pharmacy that you might not be able to get experience somewhere else. Um, I think I did, I visited a nuclear pharmacy, something as niche as compounding is good. Obviously, the hospital rotations and community rotations are always going to be um, beneficial to anybody, um, no matter where you end up in, in pharmacy. But that fourth year is really where you use, um, use that year to find out what you exactly you want to do.
0: Yeah, that's, that's really, I think that's a really crucial time during your life as a pharmacy student, because I think in the fourth year is when a lot of decisions are made. It's like, Am I going to be a hospital pharmacist? Am I going to be in retail? Am I going to find a niche, like you said, with compounding or, or nuclear ambulatory or something like that? And people decide if they want to do residencies at that time or if they just want to go straight into the workforce and they kind of start planning their future. And I know that like a lot of students and even pharmacists now, there is a struggle sort of, not really, but possible struggle between the transition from being a student to being a pharmacist, and there's a whole different skill set because once you're a pharmacist you're on your own, so it's 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 on you now, it's on your shoulders. you don't have anybody to i guess mentor you through that process, but there are certain things that once you become a pharmacist, you have to focus your attention on, and I know we can't name all of the things or the transition you know. Um, components that re- are required once you become a pharmacist. But if there was some areas that you would recommend students focus their attention um, in terms of drug knowledge, or w- what would you consider knowing that transition since you were just there last year?
1: Sure. Um, so we're definitely the medication experts in the healthcare field. Um, we def- we have a more detailed knowledge base of um, not only pharmaceuticals, but how you can use those pharmaceuticals along with non-pharmacological therapies, pharmacological therapies, um, and I think some areas that we can really help both patients and providers are drug drug and disease state interactions, obviously allergy alternatives, um, drugs with narrow therapeutic index that many people don't think about. Um, that's a big part of what pharmacists do is that those drugs require frequent monitoring and dosing. So that's something that we can take on as uh, medication experts.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, that is awesome. It's, it's so important because as much as the doctors have on their shoulder and the providers have on their shoulders, they almost rely on the pharmacist to help them with those particular details. Um, that they may not might not know with us being the drug experts, they're looking to us for that trust and that help. So, so important. Um, I guess there, there probably is, and there is, I remember the time, but when there's that mental transition. So when you're a student in your fourth year, you're worried about studying, you probably still have tests, presentation, presentations, you're getting ready for your NAPLEX. What does the mental transition look like from being a student and then studying for your boards and then passing and then becoming a pharmacist. What,
1: what is that realm of emotions that you go through? (laughs) It's definitely not easy. Um, up into this, up until this point, you're under the safety net of somebody else at all times. It's not really that you're on the front line, but once you get licensed, um, it's, it's very abrupt. So you go from being somebody who, um, kind of gets a final check off to uh, to the pharmacist as being the person to give that final check off and so that is definitely a transition just be confident in yourself and know that you're not going to get it right away but just be motivated to learn and keep improving your skill set is the best advice that I can give.
0: Mhm. Yeah. I completely agree and I try to like tell my students to, you know, learning doesn't stop when you graduate. I mean, you're still, you might be taking law exams for other states you want to get licensed in. You might still be learning new articles that are coming out, new drugs that are coming out. I think as an as a pharmacist, being a drug expert, we have to stay on top of all those education topics. They require you to get CE credits, um, you know, every year, certain states, depending on what state you're in, certain number of hours. And um, so a lot of, I think people think that once you become a pharmacist, you're good, you're done, you know. And for the most part, you don't have to study as much, but it is still important to keep up with that stuff, you know.
1: I think the best bit of advice that I got during um, pharmacy school and while working is that it's okay to say, I don't know. Um, just be confident that you, you have the knowledge base and the resources available to find that, that good answer, the right answers using evidence based medicine. And also, um, another mentor told me that there are going to be mistakes it's that's going to be unavoidable with how many um, drugs that we handle, how many patients that we handle. Just know how to resolve those issues and be confident that you can take care of those problems. Yeah. So
0: important to know. you Know your resources and use your resources. And use your network of ph- other pharmacists too. They may have been there and done that, had that question before. So um, I wanted to close out with just a little fun fact about Jeannie. So she's actually bilingual. So I wanted to talk a little bit about communication and how important it is as a pharmacist. We don't stand behind a counter all day um, and count or check. We are actually talking to doctors all day long. We're talking to patients all day long. We're helping. We're consulting. We're recommending things. Um, we're looking up information for them. So tell us a little bit about the importance of communication. um, More so, I guess, being bilingual, having to discuss and communicate diagnosis to patients and families and doctors and talk a little bit about how important it is to nurture that skill as a communicator and how it plays into your confidence as a medication expert.
1: Being a good communicator is absolutely necessary Um, when speaking to both patients and healthcare providers. You kind of have to know which language, which appropriate language to use with your audience, and that can kind of come across as a confidence as well. If you're using um, healthcare jargon to a patient, they might not follow you very closely or understand what you're trying to say. Um, It builds trust with your patients and both your healthcare providers. Um, Being bilingual, I actually um, did a Korean community pharmacy rotation. I, once again, I use my rotations to build my skill sets that I might need um, later in my pharmacy career. And that actually really did help me. Um, It goes a long way to learn um, even just saying hello in another language to another patient. It creates that connection with that patient and Mm -hmm. feels, builds that trust.
0: Mm -hmm. I know we talked in a previous podcast with Sunny um, about, being like a culturally competent pharmacist. And he was talking about how in other countries like India, there's even in Mexico we've seen too, is that there are drugs that are over the counter there that are prescription here. And so having that conversation with those patients where they're looking for something over the counter, um, some sort of drug, but we have to educate them that here in the United States, that's actually prescription. We have to call your doctor, but being that transition person, like, let me call your doctor about that. If that's something you took in India or Mexico, maybe that's something we can help you with and talk to your doctor about, you know, if that's something you prefer. So it's just interesting how the different cultures have you know you have to know those things as a pharmacist you don't realize that in school. So
1: I did notice that um, in my experience, also coming from a Korean family, that um, I did want to be able to be that liaison between healthcare provider um, and patient, um, just because there is a language barrier and also the healthcare system is so different here that Mm -hmm. you might not know how to navigate that healthcare system. So it's not only about the medications, but also, you know, insurance problems, how to go to um, the doctor and referrals and things like that.
0: Yeah. Wow. That is so interesting.
1: I know we could probably talk forever about
0: just little things like that because it's so, so important as a pharmacist, so interesting. Um, And, you know, me dreaming is like, Maybe we can go into the colleges of pharmacy and teach these culturally cultural differences and help better help students when they transition into that pharmacist position to know how to communicate and deal and answer these types of questions, that these patients are coming to the pharmacist looking for help, seeking out help. So so interesting. Um, so many opportunities there too. But um, anyways, that is really all the time we have today. Jeannie, thank you so much for sharing your experience and your wisdom. Um, you are an amazing pharmacist. And to all of our listeners out there, we really appreciate that you guys joined us today for this important discussion. And if anybody would like more information about the practice of pharmacy, um, what we do here at Innovation, or have any questions for Jeannie in terms of compounding, feel free to email us. And that email is info, I-N-F-O at innovationcompounding.com. So thank you so much, Jeannie. And, and we appreciate your time. Um, and we will talk to you soon. Thanks.